We're good. Hey, all right, everybody. Welcome. Hold my bread. Alive and amplified. We're a couple days late because we've been partying so hard. The last couple days have been very exciting. As always, I am Matt Backus with my co-host, your co-host, Joel Lukowski. Man, do I hate it. Every time I gotta do levels on the podcast, I'm sorry if you didn't understand Matt's open. That's on me, folks. I'm straight from the dentist. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $4,359.24 podcast. Gather round. We have a new president. We're being inducted in to the gluten gang and now at this point in our nation's history it is time for us all to carbo load what a time to be alive my god very exciting i've been i've not felt this full of hope in a long time isn't it great the market is green the weather's been nice the energy in new york city is it's amazing and it just shows you what the world can be like when i get an a minus on my statistics exam i mean another thing to be grateful for remember a couple weeks ago when you were like i am failing this i feel like you were like not feeling good about it and you did so well in your exam that's the hardest i worked on anything ever that that was that was grit baby i don't know anything i'm going into this new education under the auspice that i have no skills i have no abilities but I work hard and people like me a lot. And the hypothesis is that's all you need. I mean, that is a big part of the equation. Uh, as somebody who has not worked hard at a lot of things, I feel like that is a big part of the equation. It is. And as someone who learned math in the past five months, I know I can now tell you what an equation is. <laughs> that's the first thing they teach you is what is an equation? And if you if you hear that can crack, and that is not a bottle of beer, you know I'm strictly temperance beverages. That's a can of Herba Mate. I'm getting ready for a marathon podcasting sesh. And I came from the dentist today, so I can't feel the left side of my mouth. I needed to have my boss come down and set up a garage band for us. So we're doing good. Your teeth I, do look nice and clean. Yeah, I mean, I well, I went through... I split a tooth in half oh, two weeks before the pandemic. Yeah, um, I have an oral fixation. I always need to do something with my mouth. As a kid, I chewed pens. I yep. chewed my tie in Catholic yep. school. Yep. And I was hosting one of my hotel apartment, my uh, apartment shows. Ah, oh, R.I.P. Those were good shows. Those were good shows. And I was chewing on the top of a Poland spring water bottle. One of yeah. the best pieces of plastic to chew on. <laughs> oh no. It's um then the best thing is the ring from a Gatorade bottle, then the ring from a soda soda or pop bottle, and then it's the Poland Springs top, and I was chewing on that. My tooth was halved, and now everything is fixed. No more cavities. I am in the clear. Beautiful. All, all I had to do was um he drilled once without me being having any numbness put on. Right. <laughs> and I tapped teach out a lesson. He did that to teach you a lesson. Yeah, he told me I was a Trump supporter and a Packers fan, then he hurt me. Yeah. That's how it goes. Absolutely. He's not uh, feeling as positive as we are. I don't know if the Packers are doing well. I'm not really following football that closely. They're probably. doing all right. They're, yeah. they're, they're about uh, slightly above the mean expectation. Okay, that's fine. There you go. Yeah, so life is good. New Saturday was one of the significant days in my 10 years in New York. It was a wonderful vibe. Happy to be a part of it. Truly a blessing. And... Uh, you know, I hope you had a good day too, Matt. I mean, it was incredible. I I can't. 
it's one of those days where you know you you feel I feel very you feel very grateful to be in New York City. Uh, I you know sometimes it's very hard living here, uh, and it's so it was such an experience to be here during all that. I mean the energy was incredible. The people were running down the streets. Everyone's honking. It was such a cool experience. So definitely enjoyed my Saturday. Definitely enjoyed my weekend. Today has been great. We're like I said we're recording on Monday today, so uh, a little later than normal, but still. Or I guess it's early now. Either way, it's it's been a great couple of days. I feel very optimistic about the week. So, it's good. Yeah, life is good. The world is under control. And I made some trades. We have been doing, I guess, our our style of trading on this podcast. We've been trading based on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So I sold off all our, our cable news networks, our gold, which is a good gold tank today, actually. And then um, I got into that MJ ETF that I am always talking about. Like if I had wasn't going to school, if I had money like I normally do, I would have probably bought like one to 200 shares of that bad boy. But I, I, I bought us, we have like 14 shares of it, I think. Not bad. Not bad. I just looked at that today. Before I even glanced at the outline, I almost bought some of that for my por personal portfolio today. So you having that in the outline made me kind of feel good about that. And I think I'm going to do that for myself. Um, yeah, the marijuana stocks with the legalization in New Jersey and everything like that. I mean, we're moving towards kind of what we thought would happen with... Um, DraftKings, as things become begin, begin to loosen, that price is only going to go up. Yeah, so there's no industry. So the only model for, for, for a successful American economy is to turn it into Westworld. Any fun thing <laughs> we want, we can have. Weed, gambling, and they're going to monetize that. There's going to be vertical integration on every tr monetary transaction, and the stocks are going to go through the roof as our, our leisure, our recreation fuels the recovery of our economy. It is interesting you say recreation and stuff like that because, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this as the episode goes on, but I bought a bunch of Carnival Cruise Line stock at the peak of the pandemic when the stock was just in the shithole. And there was that Pfizer news today about the vaccine that they've developing 90% effective. Obviously, that news just broke today, so who knows what's going to happen. But just off that news, the market is way up, and my Carnival Cruise Line stock shot up today. Whoa, it shot up today. Yeah, bad day to own Zoom, bad day to have anything that's related to working from home. Yeah. But, you know, the vaccine's a long way away, and I want to give the caveat that all of this, like, public health information is coming directly from a corporation with their own, you know, m message behind it. Oh, and, I like, mean, Pfizer is listed on the stock exchange. I made sure to check the Pfizer stock, and it honestly isn't up as much as I expected it to be. Yeah, um, and I think the reason for that, actually, I, I looked at the Pfizer stock as well. And Pfizer has one of the healthiest dividend payments, so that might stop them from ever, like, make having like an insane share price. So you, the idea is, you, if you have a lot of money, you buy into Pfizer, you buy into GE, and then you just live off those payments every quarter. Then you're right. good to go. So it opened up at forty-one, forty-one, around forty-one forty, and it's currently at thirty-nine thirty-one. As of this recording. Yeah, you cr you create the vaccine that changes the world and your company's worthless. Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, we've gone over all the other, the Tesla accounting. Nikola is up today, but Pfizer isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, uh, yeah. Like, exactly it's so it. crazy to look at the stock market in a vacuum because here's the two pieces of information. 
won has won the one company they won the global race for the most sought after vaccine since polio beating out thousands upon thousands of global com com competitors and then the other one they didn't lose as much money as they thought and one went up one went down <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is interesting because I do have in my personal portfolio, I have, I took a couple flyers on some, uh, medical companies, uh, and they're all down. I mean, they're all, all down. Obviously I have the, I'm, I'm bag holding Ameren till I die. Uh, I got IBIO, I got Corbis Pharmaceuticals. Uh, they're actually up a little bit today. Um, but, uh, either way, it is interesting to see all the pharmaceutical stocks that are seem to be dipping while everything else is rising. But. Yeah, and I thought I was wrong last episode, you know, because I talked about how the market would react adversely to uncertainty, mm -hmm. how like Gore Bush in Florida in the year 2000 was bad for the market, how that stall, it really disrupted projections, it, pro it disrupted commerce. But now there is, I, is there uncertainty? I think... Now there's more stability than there's ever been because, you know, you we talked about this before in the podcast is like Trump would send out tweets and people think he would send out tweets that would affect the market in such ways. It's like even if uh, there's all this talk about Joe Biden's tax plans and how it's going to affect stock market stuff and he's got all these plans for the stock market. And I think even with that, just the consistency of what he's going to bring, the lack of being such a wild card is going to balance out all of that with the market. I think people are, even people that don't like Biden are, uh, and as far as the market goes, the people in the market that don't like Biden, Biden, the people that are trading stocks actively that don't like Biden are still going to be a fan of his just based on the fact that it's going to be consistent. Yeah, and it, a lot of this is kind of being driven by global forces and financial institutions across the globe they're optimistic as hell, and they're optimistic because the Senate went Republican, the presidency went Democrat, and if that split, the thinking is it's, it's a dream scenario. Right. It's like best of both worlds for them. Because, you know, Biden won't be able to get anything done. Um, like... If there's a moderate Democratic president whose more aggressive plans can't pass the sen Senate, but he's not as unpredictable as what Trump has done, mm -hmm. that's great. And if, I mean, Biden, he ran under like some plans that were like, he's going to raise the corporate tax rate to 28%. It's currently 21%. And, um, you know, Obama was 35 just for that. And there's going to be a minimum tax on foreign income that's going to be be raised. And he has pledged to repeal the 20% deduction for wealthy individuals as they kind of just redirect their money. And if Republicans control the Senate, they're going to be able to block all these measures. And these are measures that would like directly impact corporate profits. Like that tax rate is like for any company that is listed on the market, that's a difference of millions and millions mm -hmm. right um yeah it is interesting i didn't realize that the uh during the obama administration it was what'd you say 35 versus the uh 28 that will be biden's i think it's a good move to undercut the obama administration percentage and still keep it higher than you know it's kind of a middle ground yeah and they can they can make a projection that's what they like it, the, 
I mean, there's the Mulaney bit. There's the horse in the hospital. <laughs> there's now glue on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Glue on the shelf. The streets are flooded with glue right now. Um, that's very funny. I, uh, yeah, and of, it's... And of course, all of the big investing firms, they got their wish. Elizabeth Warren, she's waiting by the phone right now for that call for Secretary of the, of the Treasury, maybe mm -hmm. Commerce. It's not happening. It's probably going to be Lyle Brainerd, who is ties to the Obama administration, very good relationship with China. She helped with NAFTA there. And of course, you know she's a Goldman gal. Absolutely. Till the day she die. Goldman, till the day she die. Um, yeah, it's been uh, interesting. I've, it's, I haven't been this excited to check like my... The, the been able have I been this excited to check the market and check my portfolio in in a long time? It's been very exciting to open it up the last couple of days and see what's been happening. Yeah, and we're at like forty. We're at like forty three hundred, and like DraftKings is still far below what we expect it to be. So mm -hmm. if that can get up to a decent level, we might break five grand. Wouldn't that be nice? Right, because we did you bought you bought more share because we ended up buying an extra share. Yeah, I did that stupid move where I. Uh, Really had to sweat it out for a week. I sold all our DraftKings. I watched the price like a hawk. I could have just put in like a limit option and not thought about it again, which would have in hindsight worked. Right. And I'm not an anxious person, but when I deal with money, when I play with these numbers, that anxiety, the what if factor, it descends upon me like a cloud of doubt. Of and, course. And then I'm just checking the phone, checking the price every friggin' second. Of That's course. just who I am. Of course. I feel the same thing. Uh, I mean, when we went through with that GameStop plan and the, the DraftKings plan, I mean, that was a whole week of just me constantly checking and stressing. And uh, yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, the the much hallowed GameStop plan. That, that's, um, you know, maybe we want to refurbish our investing, get a little bit more sophisticated than, oh, let's buy GameStop. Well, you know, sometimes you take crazy shots and it pays off. I don't have any examples of those, but I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's and see what GameStop is right now. Oh, 14.8? Oh, 11.40. So we, we sold it. at the right time. <laughs> we sold at the right time. You can't trick us, GameStop. Exactly. I'm not playing that game. And you would think they'd be better given the margins when you, they buy a game from you. Um, oh, you no, know, I think it's. I think we got exactly what we deserved. Um, they, uh, we bought a bunch from them, and then they gave us very little back. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I mean... One of DraftKings' competitors, Penn today, which is I think William Hill Casino, that's their their like market ticker. Uh -huh. They were a real pump and dump, so people really made the price shoot up on that one. I think they got up to seventy two dollars a share in the morning, and they were down to sixty one dollars a share by lunch. Interesting. That was a coordinated effort on behalf of a few traders, and you could see the manipulation of the stock price just looking at the chart. America and the status quo is back, baby. We're pumping and dumping gambling That's stocks. Right. This is the country we were meant to live in. The Wolf of Wall Street rides again. Um, well, so should we get... Do you want to get into... Uh, this kind of goes with the um, with with the Biden presidency because China has like... I, I saw this on the news. They, uh, they were talking about how China loves Donald Trump because China is like... Has been... They're obviously we know the whole thing is like, he's going to make America great again. But then there was a whole thing in China about how Donald Trump just made China great again. 
because all that volatility and all his fuckery, uh, supposedly China, people in China loved that shit. Like people in China were watching the election, hoping Donald Trump would win. Um, so it's interesting to see the that whole thing. I don't know. China's not happy Biden won. I would imagine, right? I mean, I maybe there's a a billion people and there's a diversity of opinions in there. I mean, the Republic of China, sure, That's they're what I mean. probably I'm not about the Chinese government. The Chinese government is not happy that jo- that Biden won. The no. people individually, uh, who you know, there's too many people for for me to say that, but. Yeah, but China's unhappy across the board. Like, even their superstar, Jack Ma, and like here, we've got Silicon Valley, we've got the tech industry. In China, he's been so successful founding Alibaba, making money in all these different ways. He he brought, like, a lot of these Western, modern, like, corporate tactics to the Republic of China, and it, it's considered, like, the Jack Ma era over there. Right. He is like their... I mean, I don't know any other Chinese billionaires. He's the only one I know. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I know some. I'm not going to try and pronounce their names here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now here's, here's not the place. Um, oh, but, you want me to potentially piss off the Republic of China? Not going to do that. Yao Ming, the greatest center of all time. Shouts to our Texas listeners broken feet it's a very sad thing yep yo yao ming yeah what a what a great guy when we play when we would play 2k uh i would always pick yao ming on my team yeah that's the only team i'm good at in 2k is the all-time rockets team i can you got to shoot with specific guys i can shoot threes with hard and i can dunk it with yao that's the only thing i can do out there so great yao ming rules yeah so jack ma and alipay so alibaba they're chinese amazon or so the thinking goes and vertical integration, that's kind of like you make money off getting money. So there's another, which is an old idea. Like that sounds like a little speculative and modern, but like I worked at Ford Motor. They have their own line of credit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, I think it's one of Ford's better assets is that they have an accompanying financial institution. So we talked about Alipay, and it was about to be the biggest initial public offering of all time in two days. And we were we planned on buying into it. Two days before it came out, China put a stop to it. Why do you think that is? Well, um, Jack Ma criticized regulators last week for stifling reg- like innovation, and it brought his feud with the government to a head. And, you know, it said that there was significant, China said there was significant change in the regulatory environment without elaborating. Interesting. And, but that makes sense because they were going to raise roughly $34.5 billion in the IPO. And that values the company at around $300 billion. And that's not a great thing. Why is it not a great thing? I'm a little confused. Well, it's it's so this new company Alipay it poses risk to their financial institutions because it acts like a financial institution but it isn't regulated like one. Oh, so it's like they, they can do backdoor stuff. The government. So basically, the government doesn't like it because the government can't control it. Um, a little bit because they have different regulations for banks, but they kind of work for the banks. They're the person who actually moves the money around, and so they 
they have like they have they control China's version of Square. They facilitate investments for customer savings. They sell insurance. They're short-term loans, and this is and they just give out a little bit of the money that they supposedly lend. But meanwhile, they have relationships with all these banks, like a hundred commercial banks, and that's who they sell securities for. So they make their money off getting a cut of that commission. So they're working. They're working for the banks, but because they're not a bank, they're not regulated like one. And China's like, nah, we don't want that. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing China loves, it's regulators. All right. They love regulators. They love Warren G. Right? Uh, <laughs> you beat me to the joke. They're big. Yeah. We all know where it was going. You can see that coming from a mile away. Uh, yeah. Regulators in the bitch, you know. And uh, I think like. China, they wanted to nip this out in the bud because this was going to be a crazy IPO. And there's big questions about how they disclose their information to their investors, whether they have the capital level to meet new rules, because the regulations for banks, like they do kind of stem off of, at least in this country, you have to have the money on hand. Right. You need to be able to pay out. You need to function. You'd got to be a full monopoly board, you know? You If the dog goes in, eats a couple pink $20 bills, you know, <laughs> scatters them around, you're not going to be able to pay out. So they don't want that to happen with the crown jewel, with the eye of the world on this company. Right. Is it more valuable than... Do you think is is Alibaba on par with Amazon? I don't actually know what Ali, what Amazon's valuation is. Um, it's everything. Everything in this world belongs to Amazon. I know that, but is it close? I mean, is it close? Is it three? Is it three hundred billion dollars, or is it more, or is it pretty much on par with them? Do you think? Um, um, I think it's. I think it's fractional. Now, I, I would guess probably ten percent based on share price. Part of me would assume it is more, but then also just because I feel like China. It's like when people talk about how quickly China expands and all that. It's like it's amazing what you can do when you don't care about your people. You know, like. Uh, of course they can it's like back in the 30s when they would build buildings in a couple days it's like yeah you can build buildings very quickly if you don't care about the people building them okay so alibaba it, their market cap is 786 billion dollars mm -hmm. amazon's is is it like a trillion yeah it's uh one and a half trillion okay, okay so, so it's it's like double okay cool interesting yeah nobody touching amazon these days not for a while anyway and this sucks for, for Alipay. This sucks for where we were going to put our money because, you know, this turns Alipay from a tech company into a banking company and that reduces profitability. It shrinks the valuation and just ultimately, like, banks are old news. Right. We have some banking stocks here. And, like, Bank of America is one of the biggest banks in the country. It's $27 a share. It... If it were a tech company and it was the third most successful tech company, what's Facebook worth? You know. Oh right, right. That is interesting. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I didn't think about it because a couple of weeks ago, there's a, you could go back on older episodes of this where we were talking about how like it is going to be. We it was a tech company and then they pivoted and that's interesting. Everyone wants to call themselves a tech company. Even my old real estate company, Nooklin, yeah. their line to us in training, I remember like, we're not a real estate company. We're a tech company. It's like, well, tech companies have paid time off. Their employees have benefits. Right. Uh, they have real jobs and they're not like a weird intermediary in this like vacuum of the New York real estate game. Right. So yeah, you're not a tech company because you don't 
you're not in the technology world. You use technology. Right. Just because you use it doesn't make you it. We don't have a ping pong table here. You know, there's no draft beers. Man, uh, my old job when they threw out the ping pong table was the worst day of my life. It was like Simba watching the, his dad get trampled. That's <laughs> the end of an era. Um, yeah, shouts I, to William Sonoma for throwing out a ping pong table because they were afraid the CEO would see it and not have a good opinion of the ping pong table. Yeah, you there, know, there was nothing indicating that the CEO didn't like ping pong. He didn't have any tweets out about how he hated table tennis. Yeah, but still, they were so afraid that he would walk through, see a ping pong table, stop the meeting, yeah, and get upset that there was a table tennis table. Well, you don't know this, but his actually his whole family was murdered by a ping pong table. Really? It's true. They were murdered by it. Uh, they were playing, and the ball hit in a spot and it collapsed. It's just it just chomped them all down. It, it was, was a, an anthropomorphic ping pong table. It was high. No, it was just highly. It wasn't alive. It was just highly tight. It was too tight, and you know how you can fold them up. It was like a spring loaded one, like a cartoon, like Acme style, and it just clapped the whole family at once. Is, is there a ping pong table in Final Destination at all? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it feels like there's enough of those that probably there's like Final Destination like nine or ten, right? Yeah. If so, if you were in Final Destination, you would die in some sort of sort of rock climbing accident. Absolutely. I can assume, right? Uh huh. The whole rock wall would come apart from the wall, and I would just be smashed like Wiley Coyote. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one hundred percent. Or do you do the uh, auto ballast? I don't do auto belay. I have uh, I have people I climb with. I don't do auto belay. Okay, so then you're safe. They're yeah. holding the rope, so you'd need uh-huh. it to break. I I would definitely die in the sauna if it were. Oh, that's definitely in. That's got to be in a final destination. Yeah, there's got to be a sauna death. In... The, it gets too steamy. It gets too hot. It's like 300 degrees, and you're like a boiled lobster inside. Yeah, but that's a little bit close to a death in Halloween too. Someone dies in a hot tub. I mean, that's a little borrowing there. Yeah, that's true. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer almost gets murdered in a sauna. They crank it up all the way and they jam the door shut. See, that's what I was thinking. That's exactly how I was going. And I may be the modern Homer Simpson, you know? I mean, it's possible, you know? Gabby is a very, uh, Gabby's very Marge like. Oh, yeah. And you know what? You know how Marge is all naggy, but we still love her? (laughs) My dog actually sounds just like Marge Simpson. She does those, (laughs) she just does those Marge Simpson whines all the dang time. (laughs) That's what having a corgi is like. Uh yeah, but, I uh, I'm sorry, Gabby. I love you. I haven't seen you in so long. But the yeah, the future's here, and the status quo is upon us. McDonald's is selling fake meat. Yeah, well, they have been for a while, but they're selling. They're telling you you're they're selling fake meat. Right, but there was a whole thing where um I don't I know if it actually ever happened or not, but I remember there was all this talk about. Uh, Beyond Meat's stock price and about how high it was and how good it was and about how like they were going to sign a deal with a major uh, fast food company and they signed with Checkers did they no um that would be great I mean I don't really go to Checkers but the fries there are good Checkers and Rally I don't like Checkers because Checkers is one of those places that's like you go to the Midwest and Checkers is just rallies I don't like it. I don't like it when companies do that. It feels like they're trying to trick us. They do. They do it with Hardee's yeah, and Carl's yeah. Jr. They Carl's do it with Checkers and Rally. What yeah. happened with the franchise? Yeah, I don't like that. Let's get some unity. All right, let's unite under the Carl's Jr. flag or meet me under the Hardee sign. But I don't like this whole like we're the same but we're different. I don't like that. Yeah, send Marianne Williamson over to talk to Carl Sr. We're gonna get this sorted out once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, um, yeah. So. 
uh, but yeah, so I, th- but I thought it was interesting because there was all this talk about how Beyond was going to part with McDonald's and that's going to put them over the top. And now McDonald's, I guess, is it, is it Beyond or is it their own thing they're going to do? I, I don't know. Uh, it's very interesting because but we'll, I, I'm assuming it's called McPlant, which I think is terrible. That's terrible. McDonald's, the whole Mick thing is very annoying to me at this point. But that, that's that's how I celebrated the Biden victory, actually. What? It was like, you know, I had a great day. And at the end of it, it was like, you know what? I'm an American. I'm going to eat McDonald's and I'm going to watch Saturday Night Live. That's what I did. Um, I mean, I do love McDonald's. We know actually here, a Beyond Meat spokesperson said in a statement to CNBC that the company co-created the plant-based meat patty that will be part of the McPlant line. So Beyond is involved. So this is confusing to yeah, me. Yeah, they tested with Beyond, then they left them out in the cold. Is that what happened? Because how? Because the Beyond stock dropped a lot when this news broke, um, which I think is interesting. I will definitely, I will definitely eat. I will eat that. I will eat probably. I don't know if I'll eat McDonald's more, but I will feel less guilty about it. I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan or any of that, but uh, lately I have been trying to like do better about eating not necessarily healthier, but eating less meat and things like that. So it's like, if I can go to McDonald's and feel a little less guilty about it, I'm down for that. And they, they buried the lead here because, you know, it's the big news that they're, the McPlant is going to be sold. Maybe they'll have like biodegradable packaging. That would be a fun thing for them to do. That would make sense. That would show the greater mission aside from just corporate profit. I don't think that'll happen though. But they're also, they're launching a new chicken sandwich. So lead with that McDonald's. This is the era of the chicken sandwich. So bring there, it on. Is it a plant-based chicken sandwich or is it just regular chicken? I think it's regular chicken. See, but that, I already like the McChicken. The McChicken is good. And the McChicken's all right, but, you know, oh, this is a great quote um, from their spokesperson. He's like, a new chicken sandwich should give McDonald's credibility in the chicken space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, dork. That, that's what I, we've been trying to do. We need to, you know what somebody, though, somebody went into a, a meeting with McDonald's and was like, we need to. Get a bigger sharehold in the chicken space. All right, there's not there's room for McDonald's in the chicken space. We need to take it. And you know, I feel like they kind of they didn't do what they could have with the spicy McNuggets. Those were a disappointment to me. I didn't I didn't think they were that good. I got them probably two or three times, and a couple. I would say the majority of the time I got them, they were very good. But when I did get them a couple of times, they were very bad. So I I had mixed experiences with them. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a success, but. I didn't hate them every time I had them. I thought that was going to change the world. It didn't change anything. It was just an overhyped sequel. Wendy's Got- spicy nuggets are the better. Yeah, but Wendy's, they've gone downhill for the past 20 years. They get a little bit worse every year, and you just you're, you have that memory of how good Wendy's was as a kid. It's true. Dipping fries into Frosties and all that good stuff. You know what I've never had and I will never have? Mark my words, uh, Wendy's breakfast. Never will I ever have that. Never will you Never ever? Never will I ever. What about Taco Bell breakfast? I haven't had that in a long time, but I remember when it came out and I ate it a lot. The uh, waffle taco, I mean, that's incredible. That's right up my alley. I love waffles. I love savory. The waffle taco. Does Wendy's have a breakfast chili? I could be persuaded. <laughs> uh, what would you put in a breakfast chili? I mean, that's just like basically sausage gravy. Yeah. That's it, breakfast chili right there. I'm done. That's <laughs> all I need. Put a, put an egg in there and I'm good to go. Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, breakfast chili does sound disgusting, but honestly, I mean, I'm not opposed. Nah, you make a, a breakfast green chili. You serve it over eggs. Sounds delicious. Hold down the fort. I'm going to drain the lizard. Uh, yo, you got to go to the doctor. You're peeing too much. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. You've been drinking a lot of water. That's true. Um, former CEO Don Thompson, who was an early investor in Beyond, he sat down with plant-based uh, meat maker with on the he sat on the plant-based meat makers board so he i guess he was part of beyond um investors have speculated the connection between the two companies could mean a long-term partnership and make beyond a supplier for the largest u.s restaurant chain by sales so i don't understand this just goes to show what i don't understand about the market and the fact that if there are talks of beyond still being involved with mcdonald's why would their stock have dropped it's, it's very surprising to me um, I don't, I don't understand. So, but, uh, McDonald's, uh, Burger King already has, has had their like plant-based burgers for a long time. And I am not a Burger King fan. I have been tempted lately to order Burger King's breakfast because they have a dollar delivery charge, but I do not like Burger King's burgers. I think they're bad. They talk about flame broiled. Like it's great. I don't like that. You know, I don't like, uh, Hank Hill would not appreciate this. I don't like the flame broiled taste. Well, he's a cartoon. His opinions aren't real. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I thought that was a documentary. No, Next no. you're gonna tell me Boomhauer's not real. Uh, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> oh, dang old man, dang old. Um, uh, yeah, it, it broke today. A study found out that Alexander Hamilton owned slaves. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, let's go to his grave in Trinity uh, at Trinity Church and yell at it. We'll do it. Well, this is crazy. But I think my next door neighbor right now is Lynn Manuel. No. Yeah. In he, Greenpoint. In in the, in the hotel I live in, I think the cast of this movie they have all the rooms next door on my floor. So I think it's a bunch of like pretty major celebrities. Wow. It's um, it's like Lynn Manuel, Ben Platt, Bernadette Peters, who's the only one I'm excited about because the jerk forever, baby, and um, Andrew Garfield. But they're not allowed to leave their rooms. Because of quarantine. Yeah, well, they're on a production. They get they go straight to set. They get walked down to a bus. They're not allowed to leave. They aren't allowed to go to the ice machine. But I know that my girlfriend, my fiance, Gabby's, all of her favorite celebrities are within 30 yards of us at all time, and she has no hope of ever seeing them. Yeah, brutal. Yes. Well, how, what makes you say that, though? Have you seen them? Um, the, we, we have a good relationship with the people who work at the front desk. We know there's a production staying there, and we know what the production is. Right. And all the actors are quarantining there. They're on our floor, and we know who the cast of the movie is. We've gotten a couple winks confirming it, but they're not allowed to just tell us out. Wow, that's interesting. And okay. if you walk down the hall, like I, I let, let a buddy shoot something on my patio, and like... They walked past a woman rehearsing. They just heard screams, and they like called the cops. And it was just like, no, nah, it's just someone rehearsing. Yeah, just Lin Manuel's process. Don't don't make fun of the process. I want to meet Lin. I gotta tell him about these slaves. Yeah. You go. I'm gonna. I, I think I could hop the fence on my patio and linger over. So. I can just go pay him a visit. Yeah, just, and if you get caught, just be like, I'm sorry, my dog ran off and we're trying to find him. Yeah, that's why I'm on your roof. Yeah, exactly. He's a spry dog. Yeah, they'll see that dog. They know that won't be the case. They'll hear him coming. <laughs> yeah, that's my merge. I got nothing. Um, so in other good news, Supreme is no longer cool. And um, <laughs> I would argue that they haven't been cool for a long time. I would agree with that for sure. Uh, nothing makes me like cringe i shouldn't say nothing but it makes me cringe very hard when i see like a dude on the train in like a supreme jacket that is just too much because you know he's wearing it being like people are looking at me 
people want to see this. And I'm like, it's very lame. It's very lame now. Yeah, no, the whole kind of like fuck boy thing is just like consumerist culture. Right. The way sneakers are treated, the way streetwear is treated, it's kind of lame, I think. I think it is. There's a fine, like, it's like, I don't want to be considered... I do. I love shoes. I have a bunch of shoes. I like to buy, buy shoes. But honestly, I don't really want to be considered a sneakerhead because it's like I dress well. A lot of sneakerheads don't dress well. A lot of sneakerheads just get shoes, and then they just dress like shit, and they think the shoes will make up for it. Yeah, and like I, I have a couple of great pairs of sneakers, but my best, my favorite pair is like a fifty dollar pair of Nike Dunks. They're right. white. They have a blue swoosh, and they. With like the plain white ones, they look better as they get fucked up. Right, that's true. I can see that there are some shoes that look better beat up. I have a pair. It's but I think that's also kind of come around in the last couple of months. I think with Travis Scott and the, that whole. I mean, I have a pair of Nike SBs from like 2009 that are worn in perfectly. I, I skateboarded in them a while back. They're kind of beat up, and I've had people ask me like, "Are those new? Did you buy them that way?" Because that's just be kind of kind of become the new style. Um, I do think, I mean, it's, but it's like that with any fashion thing, you know, there's like Louis Vuitton and there's like Versace stuff that is just so gaudy and, um, it's just so corny. Uh, like I saw a dude on the train that had like Balmain, like these Balmain shoes that were just terrible looking. Uh, he had on this like weird ass necklace. He had these douchey ass glasses and he probably had on, I bet he was wearing probably seven grand worth of clothing and he looked like the biggest piece of like. Yeah. And, and really like we talk about corporate synergy. So fuck boys of all ilks are now connected into the, va- under the Vans umbrella. So Vans, they're the ones who bought Supreme today. They also own the North Face and Timberland. So you got the North Face. They're the they're the finance fuckboys. The Timberlands, those are the NYC fuckboys. We got the Vans, those are the Cali slash the dipshit dead fuckboys. And now we have Supreme, which is guys whose personalities are just buying shit fuckboys. So it's nice to have the market cornered. If you're a piece of shit, you're buying from this corporation. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, Patagonia. I go Patagonia over North Face. I do own a North Face jacket, but it's not a, it doesn't have North Face plastered all over it. Um, yeah, the whole hype beast thing is very interesting to me. It's, it's a whole other world. It's a whole its own economy. Uh, and I've made it known to a lot of my friends close by me that I think the Nike sneaker app, it, sh- it should be, it's criminal. Uh, I think the, uh, <laughs> I'm not just saying that as somebody who takes losses on sneakers, but the whole aftermarket selling of shoes it's cra- it's the wild west, you know. There's- it, it's crazy, and like Supreme, they they weren't sold by a guy who built a brand. They were they were bought by the Carlisle Group years ago, and which is like just like a global conglomerate. So it's no a skateboard shop from New York City did not reach out and take over these tastes. They were picked off by the global capitalist thick forces and brought to the marketplace with the like auspice of scarcity superimposed over the brand. It is, I mean, it is interesting though because like Supreme has been around since like the 90s, right? Maybe even before that. Uh, so it is interesting to see where it has, where it's come from to now being sold for $2.1 billion. Uh, and it's not like the owners, the founders of Supreme got that money. They're not buying any trucks for their their boards with this. It's right. the Carlisle Group who made all the money. Right. Uh, it it does make me curious to to see. So Vans and North Face and uh, Timberlands, like they're uh, the the whole Supreme Supreme is like to my knowledge is one of the first companies to really 
develop that uh, type of type of marketing with exclusivity, you know, dropping a certain number of shirts. Uh, Supreme really did that. So um, I wonder if being bought by this company, do you think the company is going to, what is it, V, V, what is it, VF? VF, do you think VF is going to now, do you think that's going to, they're going to put out more Supreme clothing or do you think they're going to maintain that whole type of exclusivity sort of thing uh, with Supreme? Well, I think we're within five years away from Supreme being sold at Kohl's. Things get cool in New York, L.A., London, and I don't know what the cultural capitals are for South America, Asia, right. Africa, Australia. They don't have culture, so it's easy to dismiss that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very interesting because it's like with Gap. Um, my Gap stock has been up, and I bought that off the Kanye West deal. And my, that's been going up, and he hasn't even released anything yet. And he's come out and said, I don't like Kanye West. I can't stand it anymore. I'm over it. But I am going to, I mean, it's part of the kind of the world we're in, so I have to follow it somewhat. Yeah, and but you say you don't like Kanye West. Listen to one of those first five albums. I can't do it anymore. I know they're good. I know they're good. They are good. He is, his music is good. It's but, great. It's, God, it's fantastic music. Just you got to separate the art from the artist. You're I, always talking to me about how Louis C.K. is the greatest. So I don't <laughs> see how what Kanye did is any different. I know. At least Louis C.K. is being kind of quiet. Kanye West just never shuts up. And the whole like the conceding the thing. I mean, yo, you got so little votes, and he's like, "I'm coming back in 2024." It's like I hate you so. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Like I'm coming back to re run for reelection. It's crazy. It's like the kid at the party that's like, "I'm leaving." It's like nobody even knew you were here. Get the fuck out. Like leave. There's not many things that I think I've done right in my life that I can offer to people, but about. Five years ago, when Kanye was becoming a story, when he was a guy popping off on Twitter, I was like, you know what? I love this guy's music. I'm not going to pay attention to anything otherwise. I'm going to keep the relationship I have with him. That's a good, that's good, that was a good like, move. It's been great. Yeah, that is a good decision. And but like, he we lived through Prince. Prince was so misunderstood, and he's a genius. And like, if I look across the cultural landscape now, the closest comparison I have to Prince is Kanye. That's interesting. I do like that. I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard because I feel like every time I get ready to be at that point where I'm like, okay, I can just let it go. Some news breaks of him doing something stupid or like something happens. Like right when I'm about to forgive him, he fucking makes me upset again. So but. Nah, just like water off a duck's back, my friend. That's the way to be with yay. Yeah, you, I mean, you're not wrong. But his whole thing with like Gap is he is, that's the thing though is like I watched clips from his Joe Rogan interview and he did say some stuff that I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But then he other said, he has said some stuff about the fashion industry where I'm like, okay, that is interesting. That is a good point where he talked about how his shoes, he he doesn't like the whole idea of like people buying shoes just to have them and show them off and be like, I have these and you don't, which I thought was interesting because he was talking about his shoes and how he wants his shoes to be ex so accessible to everybody that there isn't that type of exclusivity type of thing, which I think is interesting because the whole shoe and fashion world, I think is leaned so hard on making their shoes hard to find. And he's against that, which I think is cool. Yeah, and that's probably why he partnered with Adidas, where you can always get their shoes. They're not like Nike. You can always get Adidas. Right. Shoes. And I think with Gap, is, I mean, I'm sure whenever he finally releases stuff with them, if he ever does, I think you'll be able to buy Yeezys at Gap, which I think is interesting. Yeezys at the Gap. Maybe Yeezys at Payless. Wouldn't that be nice? I, <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't. I mean, 
Well, what is it? He even said his shoes, which these shoes are ugly. Have you seen them? They look like bone. They look like like foam. Yeah, yeah. They're like um, evolutionary Crocs. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, But he's talking about how, like, he wants to eventually be able to sell them for, like, $30, which I think is, that's very interesting. And you know what? If you were to actually look at the manufacturing costs... That'd be about a fair price point. It yeah. would cover the shipping. It'd cover the overhead of the store. Uh, they'd still make a the ton of money. Costs. That's all you really need. It's like, and it's like, I, I'm sure there are people out there that realize this, but it's like a pair of Jordan ones, like those cost like $35 to make. And uh, they sell even them. Even that is like wildly inflated. Right, exactly. So, I mean, they're probably less than that. I bet you can, I bet they're made for probably 1850. That's including labor. Um, and they sell for such a huge markup. It's, cr- I mean, really insane. And I'm sure there are people that know that, but there are definitely people that don't know that. Uh, I mean, Jordan ones are so coveted. The markup on these shoes they're selling for, they're reselling for thousands of dollars, uh, are being made for you know 1850. So it's just so insane. Okay, so Nike makes fifty-one dollars on every pair of Jordans. It's forty-one thirty to to produce, but that includes Michael Jordan's payment on it all. <laughs> so that's just put into the initial cost. That's like materials. We got to pay MJ. Right. So yeah, I don't know. The whole the Supreme uh, deal is interesting, and that just happened. I think that just happened today. So I am interested to see because as somebody like I, I, I've never owned anything Supreme. I don't. Um, but I, you know, it's part of the world I've created, I've, I've surrounded myself in as far as sneakers and fashion. And yeah, like we know people who own the Supreme Brick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and, or the people that own. And I'm not going to lie, like, I've definitely tried. I tried to get some of those Supreme Oreos, but I would never keep that stuff. I would literally, I would be the person that would try and get it and resell it. I don't need to have a Supreme thing displayed. It doesn't do much for me. I have some Supreme stickers and... Um, I do have a Supreme sticker on my Xbox, but it's like, I don't, it doesn't mean anything to me. Dang. Back to the McDonald's thing. So uh-huh. McDonald's and, uh, beyond, they did partner with it. So beyond tailed, they were down 6%. Then they came out and they said, no, we worked with beyond on the new patty. And then the stocks went right back up. So that all happened within a couple hours. Yeah. All within a couple <laughs> hours. And then Neo is just crushing it. Oh, dude, I love that. I love that so much. And we got all sorts of Neo stocks. We we just got, if we've heard of a company and we, we see it go IPO, we got to buy it. And I got to say, I'm a little mad at some of our listeners. Um, I don't know if you recall, a few weeks ago, I had a decision weighing on my conscience. And a few of our listeners, they reached out and they said, don't buy Palantir. It's the... It's the surveillance state. And you know what? If I had Palantir right now, they're up 46% in three days. I would be watching myself make a profit. That's brutal. But yeah. it is like we talked about, you're, it's investing in evil. Yeah, but do I care that I'm being watched for the, by the government while I'm taking a bath in Spanish doubloons? I don't think so. That's I'm true. living like Scrooge McDuck. Take a peek, motherfuckers. That's true. Um <clears throat> Yeah, that's true. I didn't even look at that. That's one of those things, too, where it's like, I can't. It sucks to, uh, like, I don't, once I sell a stock, I don't look at it because I don't want to have to look at it and be upset about my about myself. So. Yeah, but that's the shitty part about Robinhood, um, adding it on to the millions of parts of Robinhood. If you ever own a stock, it stays in your, like, 
recently purchased stocks. Oh, I can tell you how to get rid of that. Oh, you can? Oh, yeah, you can swipe right on it. Swipe left on it, I think, and you can cut it off. Well, I've never really been single. I've never been on the app, so swipe left, swipe right. That's not me, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. My thumb is very heavily exercised. I tried my... We all know. Yeah, he kills it. Uh, not anymore. I'm retired. Yeah. What? Sorry, folks. What? Here's the news. I got a girlfriend now. She's the one that blamed me. We also wow. go rock climbing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Wow, Matt Backus has a girlfriend. Right. You didn't even tell Gabby, did you? No, that's I haven't seen Gabby in a long time. Oh. Um, should we should we close out on the thing I wanted to talk about? Yes. So I just made this joke on Twitter about how, and it's honest, it's actually a true fact because I am bad with money. I'm not bad with money, but I, my priorities are not what they should be. But uh, people, I, the tweet is, how, people ask me how I stay so thin, and uh, it's easy, you know, New York is so expensive, I can only afford to eat once a day. And that's uh, kind of true. Um, I, uh, it's not a, a thing I'm proud of, and like I said, I do spend money on shoes and spend money on things I shouldn't, and I should definitely prioritize eating better. But uh, that just got me thinking about ways to save money in New York. I had somebody interact with the tweet, uh, a great listener, I'm assuming she uh, is a said I should talk about the podcast, so that's what we're doing. Um, that is a way I save money. You know, you, we've all been broke enough where you sleep through breakfast because you can't afford to eat it, so you sleep through breakfast, you wake up, and then you have your one big meal of the day. Um, do you have any uh, tips for people that want to move to New York uh, on ways you save money by living here? We've both lived here for a decent amount of time. Well, I, I am retired from shoplifting, but I do have a loophole. Um a lot of the homeless people outside bodegas, Dwayne Reeds, all that, they'll ask you to buy them like a bag of chips or a mm -hmm. soda. Mm -hmm. So I'll do that for them, but then I'll steal them something healthy as well. Uh, it's the Robin Hood exception. Right. You <laughs> but, steal them like an apple or some orange so they don't get scurvy. Yeah, yeah, like a protein bar. I get them that. I remember from when I was uh, homeless, I was able to steal protein bars pretty easily. So I'm still sticking with that. I do that. But like for in terms of saving money... Um, <laughs> I've been having my mom, uh, ship me mango wholesale. So I, I just have keep dried mango and nuts around my apartment and I really only eat dinner. I just eat nuts and mango all day. I'm down like 30 pounds. I suck at basketball now cause I'm too skinny. And then I just have a big meal. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of cost effective moods, mo uh, meals you can eat. Uh, I'm a big oatmeal. I eat a lot of oatmeal. Oatmeal's good. It fills you up. It's pretty cheap. It's pastas. You make a big bowl of pasta. Eat a bunch of pasta. That's my meal for the day. It's the hard. It's you can you know make it nice and all that stuff. But this is the. So I actually fell into this. This is a way, and this is hard to replicate. So it's like this is not necessarily a tip. But there was about two weeks where I got to ride the subway for free. Wow. And I rode it a lot because it was free. So here's what I did. Um, Allegedly, he dresses like a train conductor. Exactly. I buy an, an MTA costume, and no, I. So what I did was, and I like I said, this just happened. This could be impossible to recreate. But what had happened was, I put twenty-two dollars on my Metro card, and then every time I would go to swipe it at the turnstile, it would say swipe again, swipe again, read error, read error, see booth. And so I would go up to the booth and I would say, Hey, I have money on here. It's not working. And then you have them swipe that thing, and it shows how much money's on the card, and it would show the MTA people that I had money on the card, and then they would just go, do you need to go through now? Uh, and because of COVID, they have signs on the booth that say they're not doing any transactions. 
um, so they can't fix my card. So they were like, here's a piece of paper and an envelope. You need to mail them your card and they'll mail you a new card. I'm not doing that. Like, fuck the MTA. But then they'll let you in because you present a problem. Exactly. They don't want to deal with a problem. They want to pass the buck exactly. along. So then they give me the thing to mail, and then they just let me walk through. I did that at every subway station a million times, and they let me through every time. So if you can, put money on a card, try and ruin the card somehow, um, but make sure it's swiped so they can see it, because all they need to see is that you do have the money, and they'll let you in. I did that for like two weeks. It was amazing. And then finally I had one woman uh, behind the booth be like, what you got to do is you got to put two cards behind it and that'll work. And she wouldn't let me just skip through. She like helped me fix the problem. And I was like, damn. What station was she at? Oh, damn. I wish I remembered. I want to say maybe Rockefeller Center. Um, Oh, so that's a, that's a big one. That's a tourist one. Yeah. So you might, you might get, might get there, but in Bushwick, you're gonna be good. Yep. And like that scheme is is very well thought out. I could see it working. Yeah. Alternatively, maybe ride a bicycle. Yeah. 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 I mean, riding a bike is one, you know getting a bike during the pandemic is one. That's one of the best things I've done. Yeah. I mean, if you get guys really want to save money on transportation, steal a bike. Yeah. Steal a bike. Steal a helmet. Um, steal a bike. Steal a helmet. I don't know. No, don't steal unless you know who you're stealing from. You know, you steal a bike from somebody, that person could be riding a bike because they can't afford anywhere else. So watch who you steal from. Okay, steal a tandem bike, and then if you get confronted, you drive them around. (laughs) I do. I like that. Hey, do you think think tandem bikes are harder to steal because you need two people? Can you ride a tandem bike by yourself? Yeah, imagine you steal a tandem bike, then you get nervous every time you see twins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I've never ridden a tandem bike. Have you? Let's do it. Well, let's record an episode on a tandem bike. We, we keep saying these things. We're going to record on the back of a tandem bike. We're going to record live from, uh, a TGI Fridays. Who yeah. Knows? And we're going to, we're going to do all these things. We just can't because of COVID. Right. We uh, know where to get a tandem bike. We do? Yeah. Where? It's just... Twins. Every every twin has a How many a tandem. twins do you know? I don't know any. I know the Lucas brothers. That's it. I why well, I, I try not to associate with twins, but you know, I did have a good friend come into my life recently and I we we forged a relationship. Sounds and like I, you had two good friends come into your life. No, no, no. <laughs> I found out that she was a twin Uh-oh. after I already liked her. Oh. If I knew she was a twin, I wouldn't have given her a chance. Right, you wouldn't have let her in. Because <laughs> that's like you can't be racist. You can't be sexist or homophobic. Right. You're allowed to hate twins. You, no one will, such a small percentage will be offended if you say, yeah, I think they're creepy half people. That's what people say about redheads, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're also fine. They're also fine to hate. <laughs> yeah. You can hate twins and redheads and mm-hmm. that's about it. A redheaded twin, yep. all bets are off. Yeah. Oh, get the hell out. If I ever mm-hmm. come across a redheaded twin, you better block me up because I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Ne- wow. I can't believe how much Neo's worth. <laughs> Isn't it insane? Yeah. It's we so- bought that at like $15 a share and yeah. it's now worth $44. Yeah. It's just going to climb. Uh, AMD is going to pop up. I think AMD is so high still. AMD is still good to buy, but, uh, yeah, Neo is, I mean, I am like, it's like, it's like getting on, it's like getting in on Tesla when it was low. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have 15 shares. We bought for 13 bucks. This is, this is the best trade we've ever done. I know. By far. Nothing's even close to it. I know. And there's still so much room to go. Uh, Neo is still such a young, it's still in such a young position. 
Neo's great. Look into Neo. Look into Plug. Look into Plug, which we bought and then sold. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know why we did that. But look into Plug. Look into Neo. Look into uh, MJ. That's the ETF I think you bought. Um, yeah, energy stocks, clean energy, clean eating. I think we're done here, right? Yeah, and maybe look into bonds. Buy bonds at a discount. You can't lose. Yeah, bury bonds, you know. Now, I've been learning about bond financing, and, mm-hmm. like, if you want a sure thing, there's great value in bonds. If you, because the price point is, like, if, they, if they're sold at a discount, you're buying them for less than they'll be worth at maturation, and you still get all the interest payments. So might be a nice thing to do. 